Next on BYU Sports Nation, a top 10 strength of schedule for BYU football? That's what college football expert Phil Steele says. How many wins will equal success for the Cougars facing that schedule? All-pro tight end Chad Lewis joins us in studio to discuss that and BYU Fan Fest. Plus game day for number one ranked BYU Volleyball, the chase for a fourth national championship continues. Sophomore star Brendan Sander in the house. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, April 21st, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, as always, teamed up with my weak side co-host, Jerem Jordan. Why isn't it the strong side? Isn't that a given? No. You just said <laughs> otherwise. Uh, in a world where I'm the weak side. Coming this summer. Rated PG-13. On a football field, there is a strong side and a weak side. I know, but I want to be... Well, you're right. Fred Warner and I on the weak side. How about that? There you go. You want to compare yourself to Fred Warner? And Sione Taki Taki. Awesome. <laughs> Today is graduation day, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some in our control room like, finally! Yes. The students. So congratulations to everyone, especially those on our crew that have worked so hard, the student-athletes, all the students. It's, it's hard to go to college, put in that time, get a degree. So congrats to everybody. Today is commencement. Uh, tomorrow is convocation. Uh, so in the Marriott Center, I believe this afternoon on BYU TV, you can watch. So there is no rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation uh, today at uh, 6 Eastern time. So you can download the podcast if you miss the show. There are very few things that grant you the feeling, or at least for me, than walking out of that last final oh. in a semester. But Keeper then- J. Grant Testing Center, peace! But then when you walk out of your last final as a college student... It's hard to explain the feeling. I got more emotional then than I probably did at commencement. Because commencement's like, why do we all look like we're about to enter Hogwarts, for one thing? And then you look at all the tenured professors and you know th- those with doctorate degrees that I will never have because I'm not that awesome. Gryffindor! Yeah, exactly. Where's the sorting hat when you need one? That's what <laughs> I asked in the Marriott Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's fun around campus. It really is. Who spoke? It's not you? fun on certain parts of campus right now. Who spoke but it's fun at your commencement? Uh, let's see. Elder... Bo uh, no, Hodge. Bo Hodge did not speak. Uh, it was President Uchtdorf. Oh, it was President Uchtdorf. And then, and then Elder uh, Oaks, Dallin H. Oaks of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he spoke at convocation because his grandson was in my graduating class. So that was very fun. The Vice President of America, Dick Cheney, spoke right. at my commencement. There was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Around and he referenced Beck to Harleen, and the building went bonkers. This was 07. Yes, spring of 07. It was... Yeah. Like roughly five months after Beck to Harleen happened. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, Fun congratulations Congra- yeah, to everyone. Congrats. Banquet for BYU Athletics later today. 94 seniors uh, involved in that mix. Uh, it just It's a great day. We're going to that, so that means free lunch. So I'm very excited. Yay! 
Our headlines today on BYU Sports Nation led off by that lunch and the number one ranked BYU men's volleyball team hosting sixth ranked UC Santa Barbara. Much improved Gaucho squad in the MPSF semifinal tonight, 9.30 Eastern on BYU TV. I want to mention too, it's 7 Eastern time if you want to watch the first semifinal. That'll be on BYUtv.org. UCLA against Long Beach State. That's a great match as well. If you're local, come and hang out. Avoid the graduation traffic and try and get to Smith Fieldhouse. The women's golf team won the West Coast Conference Championship yesterday. That's well fantastic. Done, well Championships. Done, Leah Garner and Rose Huang, both tied for second overall. It ended Pepperdine's streak, listen to this, of 14 straight WCC titles. I didn't know that they were the elite team in the West Coast Conference, but BYU took them down. The end of an era for the Pepperdine Waves, at least atop the West Coast Conference women's side of golf. Congratulations to BYU. According to Phil Steele, BYU has a top 10 strength of schedule. We'll get into the specifics of that in just a minute. BYU is the only non-Power 5 team in the top 15. I want to acknowledge something for a moment. We worked very hard on the pronunciation of Phil Steele. Yes. As opposed to Phil Steele. Okay? <laughs> You've nailed it. You're there. You're there. I say, I say an early rise and shout for Spencer Linton. Thank you. Who has, who has uh, gotten rid of that Davis County accent. Okay. Awesome. I don't know that I've entirely that gotten de- rid of it. F- just for that phrase. Yes. BYU baseball star Colton Shaver is one of 42 players on the Golden Spikes Award midseason watch list. This is the Heisman of baseball. So Colton Shaver crushing it. One of 42 on the midseason watch list. Congratulations. Colton Shaver crushing balls out of the ballpark. Going to try and do that on Friday against Creighton. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Defining BYU football success in 2016. The schedule's exciting. I mean, I want, that's what we want. You know, we, we want to be able to face those type of teams, uh, traditional powers, and uh, I think we belong in that mix. And so it's going to be awesome to get these guys ready to, to face that schedule. First-year head football coach Kalani Satake joining us the day he was officially announced as the BYU coach. And, of course, we were going to ask him about what looks like the toughest schedule in program history. College football insider Phil Steele, as we just referenced, released his complete strength of schedule rankings for the approaching NCAA season, all 128 Division I teams, and he's got BYU in the top 10, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Heck yes, it is. BYU has the seventh toughest strength of schedule, according to Phil Steele. What? Now, he uses the win-loss record and therefore winning percentage from last year. So to me, it's interesting because it says the teams that BYU played last year, what does that mean for this year? There's no correlation per se to me. Like certain teams lose players and injuries and quarterback uh, changes and coaching. So it's, it's one metric to look at. I don't think that BYU actually has the seventh toughest strength of schedule. I just think based on last year's record, they do. That's a fact. You can't argue it, um, you know, kind of thing. But it is really tough. That's the point. And, and it's interesting that it's top 10. Wow. Yeah, using the metrics, as you mentioned, Jerem, that are based off last year's results, ranked teams, teams with a winning record. There are 10. It doesn't, it doesn't try and figure out how good that team is this year. That's no, it's just it. it's based on last year's results. Okay. So take it for what it's worth. Now, ESPN's Football Power Index, FPI, released earlier this month, has BYU projected win total at 6.4. 6.4. Out of 12 regular season games. Woof. Buzz's they're, girlfriend. Woof. They're only favored to win in five of those 12 games percentage-wise. And they rank the schedule that BYU plays 
55th. Again, that's based on what analytics, according to ESPN, project BYU's opponents will do, not what they yeah. have done the previous year. There's a lot that goes into that. I don't even know exactly what goes into that, but it's more than just a win-loss record. So with Phil Steele's seventh toughest rating and ESPN's football power index thrown into the same bag, we ask all of you today's Twitter question. How many regular season wins would you consider a success for BYU football in 2016? I know it's April 21st. we got a lot of time to discuss this. This will be the number one thing we probably discuss through the summer. Use the hashtag BYUSN. First tweet at L underscore Moss underscore Micah. Bowl eligibility will be a success this year. However, comma, and he spelled out the word comma, which is interesting. Was he doing like voice text for I this? Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. He says, however, comma, he says the word comma. I hope for nine plus wins. Nine plus. That's the right. This is the regular season, not yeah. a bowl game. We want BYU plays in the poinsettia bowl if they're bowl eligible and don't get into a New Year's Six uh, against a Mountain West team. So use the hashtag BYUSN weigh in. Nine wins. My first reaction to that is, whoa, that's really high because the schedule is so tough and with the new coaching staff and all of the things that go into that. But at L underscore Moss underscore Micah isn't the only one that thinks nine is the number. Here's ESPN's Joe Shad. Nine wins would be a good year for Kalani Sataki in his first year. Jerem, that's ESPN that National College Football prominent writer Joe Shad saying nine would be good in Kalani's first year. Okay, the answer to me is seven. I, I, that's a low number. I say seven because it's a new coaching staff, new offense, new defense. The schedule's really hard. I think that BYU is more than capable of doing more than that. We're just trying to figure out where's the line of success. To me, if you, it's a really tough schedule, too. Remember how beat up BYU got in September last year? Like after Michigan, it, that was rough, right? Because those were four significant games. BYU has eight of those. They have September and October. So if BYU, to me, can get out of that 500, that is, that is awesome. To yeah, me. listen to I the will first take, I will take more, trust me. But 500, to me, I, I just want to set the base. I'm not saying what's good. Like, what's really good, what you hope to do, that's different. I'm saying what would be success. What dips into the, that was, that was good. First eight, Arizona, at Utah, UCLA and Provo. So three, West Virginia neutral. Three or four away. Toledo. That's tough. In Provo, at Michigan State, Mississippi State in Provo, at Boise State. I'm getting, I'm getting uh, like frustrated thinking about those first eight <laughs> games because that's tough. Yet, I see on this team a lot of playmakers and good experience. So I think that BYU is certainly capable of pushing the envelope open even, even further. I just think seven is probably the initial... Number. We'll see how good is Arizona. They were, what, 7-6 and six last year? How good is West Virginia? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Can Let, BYU beat UCLA at home? Stuff like that. Let's reiterate for the 178th time on this show <laughs> that hope and expectations are two very different things. If I'm on the team, I'm like, listen. We're, we're going gonna, undefeated. We're, we're going to play Arizona we're and gonna we're going to win, win that game. game and then we go from there. That, that's them, right? We can, we can think about this differently. They expect and prepare in a way that they will feel good about winning every game, which they should. That's a competitor's mentality. But hope and a player's mentality are different than expectations. So what do you think? I think that success, because of how difficult it is, 
bringing in new schemes, new coaches, trying to get everything to gel on the field and translate into performance. It just takes a little while to transition. Plus, we don't know if everybody's going to be 100% healthy. Hashtag Taysom Hill. Like, if Taysom Hill is healthy, this changes that number for yes, me. Yes, yes. Uh, we can get into that later. Yeah. If Taysom Hill is 100%, it's higher than then it's higher. Me. Yeah, I'll tell you my number another day. But right now, on April 21st, honestly, get bowl eligible. Get no, to San Diego. Number one goal. Give time. Give Kalani Satake and Ty Detmer some time to transition and do what they want to do. Like Going into year number one and saying, we better win every game is just or, or go. crazy. I, so if you told me right now, I got Biff's book and I know how many wins BYU has, and, it, and it's nine, I would say, I'm not shocked. I'm not, because I see playmakers on both sides of the ball. And here's, here's one thing that concerns me a little bit about this. If BYU, it, because it's year one, that's the biggest determinant, uh, the, the biggest effect on the season to me is that the new coaching staff. Because we're, I, want to give the, I want to give them a chance to figure it out. I don't want to expect nine and then it's less and go, okay, they're on the hot seat. No, 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 that would be very unfair to them. It takes time for a new staff with new schemes to gel with players and have it translate on the field. How hard did I harp on the fact that Nebraska last year would have a hard time, even though they had a wealth of talent coming back and they were the Big Ten West preseason favorites? Five and seven, and then I can't remember. They they won won a bowl bowl game, game. so they finished six and seven. They had a senior experienced quarterback in Tommy Armstrong. I said, look, Mike Riley and a new staff, it's going to take time. Hold hold your horses on them. Trust me, you hope it's Jim Harbaugh and 10 wins at Michigan. And there are exceptions. You hope it's Gary Croton and you start 12-0 and and you don't have Hawaii-Louisville, if you will. But it, it, it can be good. It can. You know what Kalani Satake and BYU are worried about right now? Game number one. Countdown to the Wildcats. 135, 135 days away, BYU in Arizona from Glendale. The Cactus Kickoff. A They're neutral calling site. it that. Yeah, the Cactus Kickoff. The Cactus Cooler Kickoff. No, 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 it's not sponsored. My bad. Get bowl eligible for me. I Jerem says 7+. plus. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us. Up next, all-pro tight end, former BYU great, Chad Lewis. What is his expectation for BYU? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. How many regular season wins would you consider a success for the Cougars in 2016? Interesting question. Tonight on BYU TV, 9.30 Eastern time, top-ranked BYU men's volleyball plays sixth-ranked UC Santa Barbara in the MPSF semifinal. Winner plays Saturday night for the MPSF championship. We'll have it live on BYU TV. Special time, 9.30 Eastern time. The first game is UCLA-Long Beach State. That is on BYUtv.org at 7 Eastern. Brendan Sanders, sophomore star, will join us in Studio B later in the show. Again, answer our Twitter question about BYU football today. At Blaine Jacob tweeting in, I think success is not measured in wins this coming season. Okay, Blaine, what do you think it's measured in then? Yeah, follow that up because that's the number one indicator of success or not. It's, it's hard to quantify certain things, it's very easy in sports where you win or lose a game. That's part of the reason I love sports. Did, did we do this or not? I'm ready to get fired up and perhaps have my expectation level 
raised by a few wins. And to do that, we bring in former BYU great, all-pro NFL tight end Chad Lewis. Chad, welcome to Studio. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good to be here. I'm starting to wonder if you guys are scaredy cats or something. What's up? <laughs> seven wins. Good night. He said six, by the way. I six? I just said get bull eligible. That could mean seven. It oh. could mean eight. Well, it could mean 12. But, okay. Okay. Is that you think we're pansies for saying that? I think you guys should set up a Studio C thing with some of their guys where they're in singlets and you can take them on. See oh if you're tough gosh. enough to take them. Well, I don't know right That's now. That's in my I contract. Know. I do not engage with anyone in singlet. <laughs> right, okay. What's... Do you have a number or an idea of what you think would be successful given new coaching staff and whatnot? I like nine. I okay. think you uh, like nine. But at okay. the same time, I, can't, I come from a football player background where you get ready for every game. And I've never gone into any season saying, oh, I think we'll win nine and we'll lose so many. I think I want to win every game. Sure. And I want to prepare myself mentally, physically to win every game. And as a team, I want the team chemistry right to be in every game. So – that's what I'm hoping for. Now, I would is, like to win every game. Absolutely. There is always this dynamic of teams not being as good as maybe we think that they will be. I mean, look at last year's schedule that BYU played. Missouri, down. Boise State was good, but not as good as they have been. Connecticut was better. He's, Michigan was great. UCLA was a little bit down. So UCLA is always the same. They're like an the most overrated the college football program in the country, and I will stand by it until the day that I die. Yeah, but we got to beat them. But you have to beat them. They're coming to Pro Bowl on September seventeenth. You can never talk smack about a team that just beat you. <laughs> truth, it's true. There is a lot of truth in that, in that Wait, statement. We always say stuff about Utah. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> you can say whatever you want, but they've had a good run against. Yes, them, so yes, they turn have. It around. I almost want to be fair to the new coaching staff, too, because I want to give them time to develop. Yeah, the standards at BYU are high, so how do you balance that? Here's a good uh, little example of how our coaches feel about these guys. I was with some boosters, donors, former players. They were walking off the practice field a month ago, and they asked Ty Demmer, what do you think? How, how's it looking? And the first thing he said was, Bronco Mendenhall and his staff left us with a pretty incredible team. These are talented guys. They're coached very well. They're disciplined. So it's not like we're taking over a bunch of hobos. These guys are they're very good. And I loved it. I love that first of all, I love the credit he was giving to the former staff. He wasn't saying, I'm the guru. Okay. I know how to call <laughs> offense. These guys, what were they doing? He I'm was saying, guru. Hey, those were great coaches. They prepared these guys really well. And now that I'm seeing them practice, it's evident. And so there are exceptions. I mean, Gary Croton inherited a really good team. Luke Staley, Brandon Doman, those dudes are beasts. Reno, Reno Mahe. six wins yeah. to 12. Like, like that they, There are exceptions. And so there are some similarities in that. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Nick Kurtz, Tanner Mangum. Like, this is – and the defense is loaded, too. So, not to say that even though there's a coaching staff – you, you have a great point there. They are inheriting some of the greatest football players to ever put on a BYU uniform. It just depends on how hungry this team is because they're very talented. Not hungry. But if they go hungry. through, yeah, if they go through the summer thinking we're pretty sweet, they're going to get jacked up if they go through the summer just being hungry and ready to play, <laughs> working, pushing, not being ever satisfied. They're going to be good. And I, I feel like Max Hall, when he went into that season of his – or we went down to Dallas and we beat Oklahoma. Oh, no. The competition level all through summer with that team was pretty unique. I loved it. I could tell they were going to be, they were going to be tough, and they were. Um, so I would like to see this team, team chemistry-wise, work ethic-wise, have a summer grinder mentality like that where they're just burning to get on the field in Arizona. The thing uh, that, that I look at, too, is, okay, BYU's lifting weights. They've added more weight, if you will to the schedule. 
but expecting the same result, they're going to have to do something even better uh, than in the past. That's maybe the challenge uh, that I see there is this schedule is awesome, and it's going to be fun to engage that way for a long time. Pierre's going to have to bring it with this kind of schedule, and this is the beginning of a lot of tough schedules. They're going to have to bring it, and I'll tell you how they do it. When you're teeing off on number one in a big tournament and the wind is in your face, do you swing harder or do you swing just a little bit smoother and focus a little bit more on your fundamentals? Low and slow, man. Correct. Low and slow. Oh, fundamentals. that's what I have to do. So here you got a big schedule. Do you freak out because, wow, we got a big schedule. We're playing big teams. No. You focus on your fundamentals, which is always in football, blocking, tackling, paying attention to details. And you go one minute at a time in practice through training camp. You go one game at a time. You don't ever look one second beyond where you are. And you just click away and you build team chemistry and momentum. And so if you look at, oh, we're playing all these sweet teams. We got to just dominate. Well, you do have to dominate. But the way to do, the way to dominate is fundamentals. Low and slow, one step at a time. BYU 135 days away from game number one against Arizona and the first of several fan fests happening in Arizona later this week. Chad Lewis will be there. And that listen, Saturday. the fan fests are part of building the hype machine and the excitement and creating that hunger, not just for the fans, but players are going with you too. What do you anticipate from these fan fests? It's also a way for the coaches to build team chemistry with the players that get to go down there. They... Um, get to have a good opportunity to meet some recruits, meet fans that are down there. Um, Wilford Clyde and Scott Sharman, they're helping our guys fly down there so they can get back quickly, so they can be back here for workouts. Um, this is an interesting combination. These fan fests, they really enlist almost every department in the athletic department to pitch in, to help, to prepare. So David Almodova, he's, he's the maven with marketing. He's preparing it. Uh, but everyone is involved. And these fan fests are a chance for fans – in outerlying areas to get up close with the coaches, the players, to have time to talk to them. And the reason they got started was to go out into the public and say, thank you. BYU Nation is something fierce. Everywhere we go on the road and people come and cheer for us, way more than other teams, it's incredible. It's amazing. So this is an opportunity for us to go to them and say, thank you, we love it. Let's talk about some of those. Uh, Saturday, it's in Arizona, as you mentioned, Mesa, uh, Pioneer Park, which is right across from the uh, Mesa, Arizona Temple. So Kalani Satake, Ben Cahoon will be – there's a fireside as well Sunday. And, and that's something else that's cool. There'll be firesides this summer, which is kind of a different angle to this right. as well. And that's something that Kalani wanted to do. He wanted to take the pressure off the players on Friday night. Focus Friday night on getting your mind, your heart, and your, your body ready for Saturday. You're going to battle. So he wanted to take those firesides, which fans love. People love to come in and engage. Do those in the offseason. Keep Friday nights for just full game prep. And that's his, uh, that's his philosophy. Chad Lewis with this on BYU Sports Nation. Former BYU tight end great. Played with the Philadelphia Eagles. Was a pro bowler. When you look at the tight ends and how Ty Detmer has made it very evident. like We're going to implement them back into the offense. Yeah. We're going to utilize them as an offensive weapon. What do you expect in year number one with this return to the tight ends? I expect to see some tight ends catching the ball, whether they're uh, just dominating again or not. I'm not too worried about that right now. What I am worried about is just to see that the tight ends are in the mix because once a tight end is in the mix, it opens up lanes for the run game. It opens up lanes for the deep ball, and it's just a perfect friend 
for the quarterback. There's no better friend than the big, huge target, five yards, ten yards away from a quarterback. Um, so I love that you know Ty's emphasis is bringing it back, and we've had we've had some really good tight ends in the past. Um, I mean, you take dudes like me that were not, nothing special, you jump into a system that Coach Chow had, which is similar to what Ty's doing, and boom, you got a Johnny Harleen, you got a Dennis Pitta, you got a Tula Mealy, you got you got some great great tight ends, and that's what I'm hoping for. You, we've talked about Liz Frank quite a bit with you because you had a Liz Frank injury in the NFC Championship game that got you into the Super Bowl on a touchdown catch. Taysom Hill participated in spring, not fully, but maybe more than we thought. Uh, what did you think of kind of the progress physically for him? He's perfect. He's right exactly where he should be with a Liz Frank injury. He wants to be going faster. Anyone that has a Liz Frank wants to be going faster. The problem with the Liz Frank injury is it is slow. Did you hear me? It's slow. But by the time the season's here, he will be fully ready to jump over people, dominate, throw, run. He's going to have his full accoutrement of everything. He will have no nothing hindering him. He's going to be ready to rock and roll. Did you hear me? In, uh, in August or September, you think? By July, he'll be rolling. Why wow. July? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What, okay. Makes you, what makes you say that? It, because I've been through it. I know ex- we had the exact same Liz Frank injury. It was a longitudinal Liz Frank uh, injury. I know where he is right now, and he's very close to being right there. So wow. I know by July he's going to be rolling. So you think the full repertoire of Taysom Hill awesomeness will be on full display? The repertoire. And I saw a little clip. I told him this morning. I said, I saw a little clip, a highlight clip of you like 10 minutes long that was so sweet. My kids were like, woo, I can't wait to see him again. <laughs> and that's what he's going to be doing. I mean, it's fun to see him throw, run, just do what he does. It's, he's, he's a fun player to watch. And same with Tanner. I mean, should anything happen to Taysom, we got, an, we got a stud warrior ready to rock and roll. So those two... They work well together. Um, I'm pumped. They're hungry. They're hungry. I love- <laughs> they got some strength. <laughs> I, I want people to see what we saw during the commercial break, chat, and that is we call those the 4K blue goggles. The world looks amazing with yeah. those on. Yeah, these we- things are tight. <laughs> <laughs> to wear these, you got to be a choosy lady. Choosy lady. <laughs> He's saying, you're saying 10 or 11 wins through those things. <laughs> Undefeated. Let's go. National championship. I'm ready. Bring them on. Chad Lewis with us in Studio B. Okay, you can you can keep those on or take Thank them you. off, whatever you They're want cool. to do. It's I don't have much hair, so i got to shield my, my bald head from the sun. These can do it. You're looking fresh, The sun, man. Otherwise, a.k.a. the lights in here, man. You're looking fresh. <laughs> uh, before you go, I want to follow up on something that you brought up in December when we were talking to you in Vegas in that balmy December <laughs> Vegas weather outside the Hard Rock. Watching you guys jump in that pool. <laughs> Well, one of us, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, okay. You said that you were participating with the NFL and and determining what a catch is. Correct. And there were meetings there. Has there been any progression with that? Anything determined there? There was a catch committee. It was Steve Largent. It was Tim Brown. It was Chris Carter. It was um, Randy Moss. It was Chad Lewis. It was Jordy Nelson by phone. Chad Lewis was in there. Chad Lewis, that's right. Ain't no chump. And uh, (laughs) so we were together talking about what constitutes a catch. We were basically, the room was divided. And uh, I sat with Tim Brown, Steve Largen on what constituted a catch. In my mind, once you catch the ball, and every receiver knows what a catch is because the ball will go, you caught it. As soon as you go and get two feet down, in my mind, and in a drunk fan's mind, that's a catch. (laughs) So when the referee goes over and puts his head under the hood and looks – I wanted to make as simple as possible for that referee, take every distraction out of it. I want him to say, 
was that a catch or was that a not, not a catch? I want to reward the defense for punching the ball out, making a great play. To me, a catch is simple. You got to hear that. Right. So, but other people wanted to have a catch, make a football move. And the reason they wanted to make a football move is that protects the wide receiver from a helmet to helmet hit. Because once you catch the ball and make a football move, now you are a running back. You can be exploded on just like any other player. And so I understood the logic that Chris Carter and others had. Um, I would like to see this continue, get more um, current players in the room talking catch committee stuff and I, I do want it to be more simple for the fans so that when they are watching the game des bryant catches against green bay gets down to the ask, one yeah. it's like everyone knows that was that a catch. was a i catch. want everyone to say that's a catch in my mind that's a catch okay. because he caught the ball he reached yeah. it was like elbow wrist extension and then and then so was it determined what the NFL determined they stuck with the fact okay. that that was not a catch because you got to secure it. And I like Chris okay. Carter in the catch committee. He said, look, the NFL standards, we're not talking junior high standards. The NFL is the highest standard in football. I want all these college players to meet the standards of the NFL. And I, I agree with what he was saying. I like it. Okay, you have succeeded in uh, getting me more hyped for Let's the go. season Let's and go. for football. Maybe that- you sit in the studio too long, you get soft. You know, you got to be careful. <laughs> we need some weights in here, man. Yeah, we got, we some got, mental weights. Clearly, we, we need to hit the bench. too many reps. <laughs> Chad, great to talk to you. Safe travels Thanks to Arizona. You Thank you. Check him out. The Fan Fest uh, new flag, in Mesa, I, Arizona. Throw on the blue goggles. I'm good. All right. And, yes, you need to sign our new BYU Sports Nation stretch white flag. Bring it. Chad Lewis or never mine. disappoints in Studio B. Up next, it's game day for BYU Volleyball. Brendan Sander joins us. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We just spoke with Chad Lewis. He came <laughs> out best, swinging, man. man. He he's came out swinging. Six and, he's like, six and five? <laughs> Come on! They played 12 games, so yeah. it would be 6-6 six and six to seven. get bowl eligible. You said 7. Yeah, he's always fired up. Motivational, excited, uh, informational. He said that he feels like Taysom Hill will, will be fully healthy by July, having had a Liz Frank injury himself. By July? Now, now, that, now that maybe even changes the answer to our Twitter question for people, including myself. Holy cow. Yeah, that, th- so that was great. If you missed it, you can download that uh, on iTunes. You can go to YouTube uh, in a couple hours to check that out. Hey, tonight the number one ranked men's volleyball team plays sixth ranked UC Santa Barbara in the MPSF semifinals, 9.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Check it out. Women's Golf West Coast Conference champions, Leah Garner and Rose Huang, both tied for second overall. The, the Cougars winning the championship ended Pepperdine's 14 consecutive WCC title run. That's Unbelievable. Awesome. I guess they're like the Gonzaga men's basketball team of, of women's golf, right? Man. And BYU ended it like BYU will do this year in men's basketball. According to Phil Steele, BYU has the seventh toughest strength of schedule. Wow. BYU is the only non-Power 5 team in the top 15. That's based on the records from last year going into this year. BYU baseball star Colton Shaver, sophomore standout, one of 42 players on Golden Spikes Award midseason watch list, which is essentially the Heisman Trophy of college baseball. It's awarded to the best amateur, so Bryce Harper won this a couple years ago. Joining us now, another sophomore star, but in a different venue on the volleyball court. It's game day for the number one ranked Cougars, Brendan Sander, back in Studio B. Brendan, welcome back, man. How's it going, guys? Good. Brendonius, the sequel... 
Sandra the Younger. Have we come up with like a nickname that's stuck yet? I would, like I we have two more years. I don't think so. I hear a ton of stuff. <laughs> my poster, my new poster says the sequel. The sequel but, is yeah, pretty I mean, sweet, yeah. man. Yeah, it's nice, but I don't really know. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, that's for us to figure out. I think. Yeah, but if you there's guys one got that, it. Yeah, but there, if there's one that you like, you let us know. Yeah, I will. Okay, first and foremost, congratulations on surviving finals. It's over. Yeah. yeah. What are your time. emotions right now? <laughs> Man, yesterday I just wanted to go have fun the whole day. <laughs> did you finish yesterday? I actually finished Tuesday. Oh, nice. But, yeah. How many finals did you have? Uh, four. What? Four. In what? No. I had Humanities. That's a hard I one. Had, There's a ton it of was. Like, it was, flashcards. All that. It was very hard. And then uh, Interior Design. I got a good grade okay. on that one. You got a good, got grade, a good grade, grade in that. On that yeah. One. yeah, and then physical <laughs> science uh, and religion. Tough. Very nice. Did you take them profits. all in one day? Tell me you spread you spread them out. No, I went Friday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. I You're took okay. two on Tuesday, though. For a second, I thought you were telling me you took four finals all on Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, no wonder you just wanted to play all day on Wednesday. <laughs> Brendan Sander in Studio B. It's game day for BYU Volleyball, taking on number 6 UC Santa Barbara. What kind of difference have you noticed from last year, your initial campaign at BYU, uh, and, and how you were feeling at the end of last year to now being the number one seed, the number one team in America a year later? Um, I think this year we're a lot more unified as a team. I mean, all of us are really good friends on the court, and we're willing to fight for each other on the court, so I think that goes a long way and then we have a lot of trust with our coaches that they know what they're talking about and that their game plan is the right game plan to execute and I mean last year we had that as well but I think this year it's just more unified together this team's really good you're the number one team uh, in the rankings which is opinion but you're the number one in RPI number one hit percentage number one block percentage. to me that screams the number one team right um you won the MPSF what does this team do best in your opinion um, I think the best thing that we do is if we're not having a good passing night necessarily, then um, our out-of-system attacking is really well because if we're passing beyond the three-meter line and Leo's setting the ball, then we're still hitting the ball at like around a 400 like hitting percentage. So that's pretty good out-of-system. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And, th- and that's what happened Saturday against UC Irvine. You yeah. guys didn't really pass yeah, we that well, pass but you, that well. you were able to hit well. So yeah. that says a lot because the 2013 National Championship match was lost with that kind of idea. Yeah. Um, and you were a senior uh, in high school at that point. Now you're a sophomore on this team. Jake Arnitz, uh, one of your best friends, was on UCLA. He was there as well. Now you could play him Saturday. That's for a little bit later. But yeah. I, I think that says something about the team that you could overcome the poor passing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's big for us as a team because it gives us a lot of confidence and a lot, like, a room for error kind of swing hard and go after the ball to get a kill. So, And then if you pass well, it's going to be a quick night. <laughs> yeah, that's – we've been working on passing a lot to try to get all of our attackers in there and get swinging. You can listen to Brendan Sander and BYU Volleyball on BYU Radio as well as watch them on BYU TV tonight, 9.30 Eastern Time. Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale, and Lauren Frankham on the call. You have made a remarkable improvement individually in your hit percentage. You've gone up 12% from last year to this year. And Jerem made a good point that really struck a chord with me this morning when he said, can you imagine in baseball, like if a hitter went from 260 to 380 in one year? That's what you've done that that is what you have done as a volleyball player so what what do you attribute to that 
improvement this year? Um, I think that I'm just swinging a lot with a lot more confidence. And uh, Leo is actually setting the ball really well and getting some good pace on the ball out there to me so I can go get the ball high. And also having Ben and Jake on the team, two huge 6'9 guys that jump out of the building attacking as well, just widens up the court for me. So I want to hit on that point because um, I was looking at your total number of swings. For one thing, this team is so good that you don't play a lot of four- and five-set matches. So the total numbers are down, which don't really matter. It's per set. But what kind of pressure maybe don't you feel at times because you have two other guys with you? So you don't have to swing 40 times a match. You can swing sometimes in the 20s. Yeah, I mean, it saves my body. I don't, I don't have to <laughs> swing as much, but when I do swing, I'm ready to go out there and get it and swing hard and put the ball in the right spot. Santa Barbara is a much improved team from, yeah. let's say, the first time you saw them. I mean, they have made gradual improvement. They are, it seems like they are peaking at the right time. What makes them different and dangerous this time around? Um, as we've looked at them and scouted them, they're a really good passing team. So that works out really good for them because they're in system a lot and they're able to throw the ball really quick and get on it really quick and get a kill. And uh, I think their blocking has improved as well a lot. So they're up there with us in the last seven games with their blocking percentage and touches, and then they're able to dig the ball and convert. So I think that they're going to be actually really tough to beat tonight. And it's weird because they're probably the most experienced teams in terms of like juniors and seniors. Yeah. There's three really young teams, uh, you know, you and Long Beach State and UCLA. So it's going to be a fun weekend, the semifinals in Provo, which is awesome. Give us an idea of what it's like in the middle of you know 4,000 people in, in the Smithfield house. The ball's coming out to you. You make a kill. What's that moment like? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, I think I jump a few inches higher just because of the crowd. I mean, <laughs> they're standing there supporting me and screaming, and then I just go up and do what I like to do, and then I get the kill and then just turn around, and everyone's on their feet yelling, and I'm just like, you guys, are, you, you guys did. are great. Yeah, and and then what, take us to the huddle on the court. So between points, you huddle up. Does anyone ever say anything funny in that? Can you or even it, hear anything at is, that point? Is it always no, business. <laughs> well, you don't really hear that much, but I mean, Price, Price is always talking in there. He's he's the guy that talks just <laughs> nonstop. It's so funny, and then. Sometimes we just laugh at Ben and his celebrations. We just, we just have, a, we have a good time in there. It's just fun. What does Price say? What are some I of the things that he says? Just let's go and Words. stuff. But I don't even think he knows what he's saying. It just comes out. <laughs> Brandon Sander with us on BYU Sports Nation. Game day for number one ranked BYU Volleyball. You can watch on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio 930 Eastern. Uh, let's finish with this. Everyone talks about... Oh, they're the number one team. They've got all the pressure. They've got the target on their backs. I don't know if I buy into that all the time. I think it's a good thing to be number one. And so I want you to tell me why you think it's a good thing for BYU to be number one right now. Well, I mean, yeah, we have a big target on our backs because everyone wants to beat us and take it to us because we've done the same thing to them sometimes. But, I mean, being number one gives us the confidence that we can we're one of the best teams out there and so at the end of the year he was national player of the week 
that week. I, I just wanted to point that out. Do you remember that, Hawaii? I do remember that. That was <laughs> yeah. a great weekend. Yeah, that was awesome. So let's go ahead with that in mind and give you the BYU Sports Nation karma right now. Yeah, I like that. That stuff works. <laughs> the best endorsements yes that stuff works that's going to be a commercial at some point on BYU Sports Nation (laughs) Brendan great to have you with us man Uh, congratulations on uh, everything you've accomplished thus far and good luck tonight cool thanks guys you can use the blue goggles if you want like Chad feel free the 4K my head's too small though (laughs) (laughs) they look huge on me those things are the regular yeah those are you got the extra large up next on BYU Sports Nation, the lone senior from BYU Women's Tennis. What kind of emotions is she feeling as she approaches the final days of her career? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV. At 6 p.m. Eastern. Generally, that's the case. Tonight, not so much. Yeah, not today. Graduation is tonight. Also on BYU TV, men's volleyball, 9.30 Eastern time. Tomorrow, big game with baseball. Baseball is 24th in the country. Creighton is ranked in, a, in one poll. Uh, they're 25-7. and seven. Big East number one team right now. Three-game series starts tomorrow, 8 Eastern time. Spencer Linton on the call. It's, that's a big series for BYU for RPI. They're RPI number 32. BYU's 38. This is a nice weekend for BYU athletics overall. Oh, Saturday, you're going to have doubleheader baseball. You're going to have rugby playing Arkansas State. You're going to have men's volleyball potentially for an MPSF title that night on BYU TV. That's, that's going to happen. Let's go. That's going to happen. Just come to campus and hang Mark out. It down. Or not, just hang out on BYU TV, BYU Radio. Joining us now, our third in-studio guest today on BYU Sports yeah. Nation, Nicolette Polson, the only senior on the BYU women's tennis team. Welcome to Studio B. Thanks. Now, you go by Nick, right? Yeah. How did that come about? It's just like easier? Um, yeah, it's easier. I've had many other nicknames. They just never stuck as strong as Nick. My teammate Megan, well, my old teammate, she would call me Chicklet, and either stuck with some people or it didn't. <laughs> Chicklet. Okay, which do you prefer, Nick or Chicklet? Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Now, you chose BYU as a five-star recruit uh, out of high school, and might I add the pride of Lake Elsinore, California, right? Yes. Okay. It's the town no one knows about. <laughs> well, now they do. Five-star recruit. What was it about BYU that, that drew you here? My sister was actually here before I came on the team, and so that was one of the reasons I came on is because my sister was here, so I wanted to play college tennis with her. And then the atmosphere, I thought the campus was gorgeous. It was different than what California campuses are like, but I also like the academics and the rules, so just overall the whole thing and the team. What are you studying? Multimedia journalism. Journalism. Well, then, we know a couple of journalists. We should go get them and bring them in here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what What do you do in multimedia journalism? Haven't figured that out completely yet. I still have a year left of school, so maybe I'll be able to figure that out by the time I graduate next year. What do you want to do with it? I really like my photojournalism class. That was like my favorite class so far, and I took it this semester. And it was great to be able to use pictures to tell your story instead of having to write mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, we d- we did broadcast journalism, so it was like only radio or TV stuff. I would have liked to have had. Uh, some of that experience like do, do you do anything with like an iPhone no we're too? supposed to use like a normal camera oh, like a real camera yeah. like a normal person yeah that's good yep. now, they, now they do stuff where they'll go out and like record on an iPhone and produce a story that's totally foreign to us which was <laughs> I have no idea. it's just crazy because it was like seven or eight years ago yeah 
So you you have way better stuff, is what we're saying. <laughs> oh, okay. So take advantage. <laughs> that take advantage. What's what's the season been like for you as the only senior on this team? Do you feel like you need to be a leader? Um, not necessarily. Just because in all reality, the juniors are all older than me, so I'm the youngest out of all of them. I feel like. I should have some leadership because I've been on the team a little bit longer, so I know the process and how everything works, how season goes. But I think everyone puts in their input and tries to be a leader in some sort of way. Nick Polson with us, the only senior on the BYU women's tennis team. And with that in mind, what are your emotions like as you approach this final campaign playing tennis at BYU? I don't know. Everyone's asking me that because my sister talked to me yesterday, and she's like, do you have any emotions yet because your senior match is coming up on Saturday? And I just... I could see myself bawling on Saturday when our senior match comes and they bring that up because every senior has. But right now, I'm I'm just kind of taking it in. Uh, so we were talking during the break. You graduate next year, yeah, academically, yeah. So you'll be around. You'll be able to be just a student, not just a student athlete. Yeah, it'll be a different change. It'll be weird for sure, not having to go to practice every day for four hours. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with that time. <laughs> Can you play tennis recreationally? Yeah. Well, well, like for fun. Yeah. So, so I think you're married, right? Yeah. Does your husband play tennis? <laughs> um, he's the fact <laughs> that you laugh is not a good sign for him. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> Does he play tennis? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> she will defer to the second half. <laughs> he's trying. I'm trying to teach yeah. him, but I haven't had time since... I'm in tennis, but once I'm done, I'll probably try to teach him once I take like a little break from tennis. So he's not your doubles partner is what you're saying? No, but hopefully one well, – not that way. He will be – hopefully we can play doubles. He wants to eventually play a match, a tournament together. Ooh, okay. So one day. As you mentioned, your sister Desiree played at BYU. Who wins head-to-head right now? Me. <laughs> oh, that was fast. I don't know. It depends. Usually when we play each other, though, we end up laughing or we'll get mad. So we just kind of try not to play each other. <laughs> that, that, you just define siblings. Yes. You either end up laughing or we get mad. That's exactly <laughs> how siblings work. That's every sibling. So St. Mary's uh, tomorrow, Pepperdine, or Pacific uh, Saturday, both at uh, 2 Eastern time, uh, noon Mountain time for uh, tennis. Thanks for coming in. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Now, I know you're probably not aware of this because this is your first trip to Studio B, but when we give you the karma, you're already a really good tennis player. There's just this added boost. Like you play better than tomorrow. You yes. Yeah. You're going to be dynamite, even more dynamite tomorrow. Also, we'd like you to sign our BYU Sports Nation stretch wide flag. Every athlete comes in here, gives us their autograph. Okay. You can do that now. Oh, yeah, right there. Sign it wherever you like. It's big... Nick Polson, her husband doesn't play tennis. <laughs> but he will soon. But she does love Danny. So remember that. Up next, we get you caught up today with everything else across BYU Sports Nation and the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Volleyball. The number one ranked BYU men's volleyball team hosts sixth ranked UC Santa Barbara tonight, 930 Eastern Time in the MPSF semifinal on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Golf. The women's golf team won the West Coast Conference Championship. Leah Garner, Rose Huang leading the way, both tied for second overall. That ended Pepperdine's streak of 14 consecutive WCC titles. Go Cougs. Football. According to Phil Steele, BYU has the seventh toughest strength of schedule in the country. Wow. BYU is the only non-Power 5 team in the top 15. Also, Seattle Seahawks beat writer Greg Bell, my homie, 
tweeted out, now he is, I'm told BYU tight end Taron Houck of Enumclaw crushed his pre-draft workout with Seahawks today. Six foot four, can flex outside. Pete Carroll loves athletes and tight end. Baseball. He hungry. BYU baseball <laughs> star Colton Shaver is one of 42 players on the Golden Spikes Award midseason watch list. That's essentially the Heisman of college baseball. And D1Baseball.com now has BYU as a projected three seed in the NCAA tournament playing in Santa Barbara. Men's basketball. I'm hungry for cornbread. Mm. ESPN's Jeff Goodman tweeted, former BYU guard Jake Toulson will transfer to Utah Valley to play for Mark Pope. Softball. BYU softball defeated Utah Valley 1-0 last night. Freshman Libby Sugg had the winning RBI single. She leads the WCC in RBIs with 41. Crack and fill. BYU hosts the Clarence Robison Invitational uh, through Saturday. Lacrosse. And BYU Lacrosse hosts Utah Valley tonight at 9 Eastern. Apparently it's Utah Valley and BYU. There were three Concrete Palace uh, references in the the (laughs) Cougar Whip round. Future guests tomorrow, Tanner Chauncey of the baseball team and Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs. Does Tanner still have his mustache? Good question. We are going to find out tomorrow. Yeah, we will find out. On a game day. And Danny Sorensen, who I believe at one point had a mustache rocking with uh, underneath the BYU football helmet. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Not sure how I felt about that. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Women's golf. WCC champs. Well done. They ended Jeopardy's 14-year reign of terror on the links. Nicely done. How many regular season wins would you consider a success for BYU football in 2016? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Kugbaka. That's my favorite Twitter handle in the world. <laughs> Kugbaka <laughs> says, the eye test says the schedule is tougher, but ESPN says it's 55th. We've had eight so many times, I have to say nine. He's with Chad Lewis and Joe Shad of ESPN. Well, nine was last year as well. Nine, nine wins. Baby. At TX Colonel, just win the next game. That is all. Well, it's April 21st, so we can have some fun, okay? Our elite tweet of the day from at BYUFan 1995. Eight wins without blue goggles, ten with blue goggles. Whoa. Hold on, let me put on the blue goggles. Double-digit wins. Whoa, I do see eight. Let me put on the 4K. Yeah, 10, 10, I agree. Double-digit 100%, <laughs> I agree. Hey, thanks to our guests today, Chad Lewis, Brendan Sander, Nick Polson, and everyone on the crew. Conversation continues 24-7. On Twitter, use hashtag BYUFM. What measures success for BYU football? How many wins? The audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Who should we shout out to, Jeremiah? Mark Bigelow. Mark Bigelow. That's what we haven't gone through.